It's the time of the season for everyone. Boom, 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 boom. I'm going to a different song. Um, hey, Ant. Episode 175 of Crow Apocalypse. We're here. End of year. Yeah. Get used to it. Um, Ant, how you doing? Um, I've had too many snacks. Oh, yeah. And I've barely got started on them. I've got this Biltong meat stick thing, and it's a bit weird. It's a dildo. Oh. It's <laughs> keto friendly. Yeah, all dildos are. Yeah. They put them on there, though, as a selling tactic. Oh. Yeah. And I've, I've had a Death Star ice cube, and it's melted. I like the fact that you, you just said you've had a Death Star ice cube. Not talked about the libation that ice cube has been used in. You just made it sound like you've been eating an ice cube. Yeah, I mean, I've got a toffee <sighs> ale. It's quite nice. Toffee ale. You know, it was Christmas yesterday. It was it was crimbo. Mm. It was the grand old tradition of crimbo. Now, what children like to say about Christmas is it's the birth time of Jesus. That's already been proved false by historians, so let's not worry about that. It's actually the winter solstice for the Druidic Druidic uh, religion. Can't keep changing what Christmas is. Look, I'm not. I'm not. I'm Dutch. Did you remember to put a sausage out for Christmas, Dave? Christmas, Dave. He. Comes in the night, he wants a sausage. If you don't I, give him a sausage, and he, normally, if he catches you waking up at night, he'll fucking kill you. I normally come at like come in the day because you can see where you're putting it. Christmas Day, he'll stand across the room from you and he'll stare at you. And if you open your eyes, if you wake you up, you're about the Blair Witch. He'll fucking have you. Yeah, the Blair Witch. Like, he'll fucking. You're talking about the Blair Witch. He'll fucking scratch your eyes. Yeah, the Blair Witch. That's literally the Blair Witch. It's Christmas Day. The Blair Witch. Did you leave sausages out? No, I didn't. I, I don't give a fuck. The only thing I'm scared of is malignant. Sausages and cheap wine. Because the thing about malignant is you could be having a great time with a beautiful lady and then suddenly you become an abusive partner, slam her into a wall, and you're dealing with a malignant. Mm. As we learned from the film Malignant. Greatest film of the year. I don't think that's the last time that malignant's going to be brought up in this podcast. So this is episode... Episode 175, and this is our end of year podcast, even though there's another week of the year technically. This is the end of year one. There's like four days. Even though there's another four days, this is technically our end of year one. So we're going to talk about our favourite things of the year. We're going to do movies, TV, and video games. Um, we might sprinkle in some some honourable mentions and shit as we review stuff. But for the most part, we're just going to be straight it. But we're going to start with a review first. And a little bit of news. Oh, God. What what news? What, what so news? Paul Bettany has revealed in an interview recently that it's been very obscure hearing his text read out during the Johnny Depp disposi- deposition involving Amber Heard. All right, um, obscure. It's been strange. He yeah. used the word obscure, but I yeah. say strange. But anyway, so uh, so yeah, one of the more interesting and telling texts are there's some vitriol thrown towards Amber Heard, and Paul Bettany recommends that potentially drowning her <laughs> during the text conversations. Um, what a weird fucking time to be alive, <laughs> Why aren't people talking about this? No, uh, because, I mean... People are still defending Johnny Depp. That's the problem. They still see him as the innocent one. In I this. mean, they're both... They're both fucking terrible people. No one should be taking sides. But at the same time, if one party texts another party, maybe we should drown her, do a drowning test to see if she's a witch. That might be newsworthy. Well, she was filming Aquaman, so they would have found <laughs> out. Let's see if she's really got girls, Eric. No, it was 2013 that they sent these messages. Oh. Really early. Oh. What yeah, was she filming bad. around then? I don't know. The Ward? The Ward. No, that was later than that. All the bodies love Mandy Lane? No, later than that. 
What's the one with? I don't know what she's in. What the one, I have no the one idea where what Kevin Costner gets Ryan Reynolds' brain. What? Have you not seen that? No. There's a film where Kevin Costner gets Ryan Reynolds' brain put inside of him. All right. Or the other way round. I can't remember. And then he has to. No, Ben Kingsley gets his brain put inside Ryan Reynolds' head, and he has to solve a mystery. Oh. Have you not seen that? No. That's really good. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's a cinematic masterpiece. The kind of schlock you watch. Starring ben, ben Kingsley and Ryan Reynolds playing Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley always, such good films. Melissa George is in it. I love he was him. Gandhi. Yeah, he was Gandhi, yeah. Yeah, bit brown face. Have you seen, yeah, have yeah. you seen the film where, where Denzel Washington is a criminal and Ryan Reynolds is a policeman? And he has to protect Denzel Washington and get him to a safe house. Have you seen that movie? No. What's it called? Safe House. Oh, never heard of it. <laughs> You've never heard of Safe House? No. How have you not seen all these films? What are you films? talking about? How's this news? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. So the point was that I just, I, I found it interesting that they didn't talk about that. Also... Get your whole thinking you're a real journalist out no, of the No, no, no. I just, I read about it and I wanted to talk oh, to you about it. I give news. And also, uh, Jared Leto's birthday today. Happy birthday to the rapist. It was yesterday. Was it yesterday? Well, it will be when this goes up. Oh, that's true. Well, it was Jared Leto's birthday yesterday. So he's 45, I think. 50. 50? Yeah. So he's only, he's only what, 34 years older than the women he usually focuses on? Yeah. Because he likes to have butt sex with young girls. Anyway, and we're going to do a review each. His name's Leto. Don't let him know. You're going to comment about how young he looks. That's what everyone does. No, he looks old as fuck. He looks, he looks like dead inside. Yeah. Morbius Fucking... is... He doesn't have makeup on him, Morbius. Morbius looks so shit. Do you remember when Morbius was meant to be out, like, in March? Last year. Last year? Yeah, it was last year in yeah. October. Um, Morbius looks so shit. And people were excited for it. They're like... I bet it's going to be hilarious. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Um, and isn't it funny that, like... Well, we'll get to that later. But anyway... So, Ant, uh, we're just going to do a review. It's your turn first this week, so you're going to go... We're just going to do a review, review. I mean, we're just going to do one... We're just going to talk about Spider-Man, and then fuck it. Should we talk about Hawkeye as well? Uh, I do, yeah. What, what, have you watched all of Hawkeye? Yeah. Okay. I watched it all before you. I was watching the last episode, and you were like, what's this? And I was like, it's Hawkeye. I said, oh, I haven't watched this yet. Do you want to do a quick chat about Hawkeye, and then we'll go on to Spider-Man? Hawkeye was on. It was good, wasn't it? It was all right. I liked it. It's all right. Um, Yeah. It was, I mean, it's like all the other Disney series where they're all like, <laughs> you know, don't reveal the villain to the last episode because, you know, they want you to be all, whoa, what's the mystery? Who's the villain going to be? We're going to go on social media and we're going to guess at the things that are going to happen. I had people going, oh, you're definitely going to see Dead Daredevil in the last episode and Spider-Man, I saw people saying. I do have some news on that. The, uh, what now? They were actually going to film Charlie Cox for a stinger scene where... Kingpin's still alive. All right. But apparently, uh, internally, they're trying to sort of put Charlie Cox in other stuff so he wasn't available to fly over and do the scenes. So they are looking at actively using you Charlie sure Cox. sure that's just not more rumours on Twitter? Well, apparently, that's, yeah, that's the yeah, case. Yeah, it's rumours. It's rumours. It's rumours from the same reliable people sources. Who thought fucking all sorts of shit was going They thought yeah. Doctor Strange was going to be in WandaVision. That was also something that was potentially going to happen. Disney was it, admitted that. Was it, yeah. was it just people saying no, stuff? No, Disney admitted that, that they were going to do something with Doctor Strange at the mm. end of the series, but they couldn't. No, I didn't. They do. They, they, they are open about this, these sorts of things. But, um, but yeah, Hawkeye's a series. Pretty good. It's not as good as any of the other series we've had so far. But, you know, they've all been... All right, all right. It, was, it was decently. It was grounded for once. It wasn't as much of a mystery nonsense I as all the others. I didn't Jeremy Renner. That's a miracle. Yeah. 
Um, he can be charming when he's not holding a gun in his wife's mouth. Yeah. Uh, no, that actually might not have happened. We can't say that. Hmm. We He potentially... Could. I don't know. Let me check the Jeremy Renner app. I'll find <laughs> out for sure. They've shut it down. Oh. You can't get on there anymore. Is it not around anymore? No, it's sure? basically, it was essentially just Instagram for Jeremy Renner only. Yeah, I mean, it's that's... I mean, what else? Would it was Rinstagram. Jeremy Rinstagram. Um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked the introduction of Kingpin, although it seems like they've they've... Made him like a fucking super strong madman. There is one on here called Center by Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, that's the first one that comes up now. That was. So, Mr. Sunday Movies did this recently where they were like, let's check in on the Jeremy Renner app. And they were like. Right after this, I mean, I'm just skipping a couple, but it doesn't take long before you get to Adolf Soundboard and Communism Button. What's a Communism Button do? I guess it's a button that makes the sound of communism. The sound of the people taking back the means of production. Yeah. Yeah, I no, um, I liked it. Uh, the Kingpin was a bit inconsistent with his with his Netflix stuff because I did. Well, they put in more comic book style. Yeah, so they saw people him. saying they nerfed him. I'm like, you kidding? He fucking took an arrow to the chest yeah. and just brushed it off. Because that's in comics, Kingpin in the comics. Yeah, Kingpin is for people that don't know. Kingpin isn't fat. It's all muscle. Like that's. I whole, mean, he's pretty fat. Yeah, he looks fat, but it's all his body's like just covered in muscle. Um, and in the in the TV show Netflix's Daredevil, which I recently rewatched all of. He is, yeah, just really, really strong, but like human level strong. Hmm. He can take a few more punches than other people, but for the most part, he's a human level strong. In I this... saw someone moaning about what he was wearing. It's like that's straight from the comics. Yeah, it's straight from the comics. Fucking... Like Kingpin isn't always really smartly dressed. Yeah, and he's always been a little bit gaudy, like yeah. the cravat. Come on, man, yeah. fucking the cravat. He's with... got the purple cravat. With the they made him look classy in the Daredevil series when his yeah. face wasn't covered in. Blood, in blood and stuff. Yeah. stuff yeah. That last episode of Daredevil was still really good. Yeah, where Charlie Cox is trying to stop De- um, Bullseye from killing the wife. Yeah. Whilst also beating up Kingpin. But um, no, I yeah. thought the Kingpin stuff was, de- was decent. Um, they didn't need him in every episode. No, I think but that's the thing. It's just they, all the series are built like this. They're all yeah. built towards revealing the villain in the last episode. And long. Yeah, well, it, um, friggin', I just like freaking what's his name, Dalton, Tony Dalton, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, not Timothy. It's Tony Dalton. Tony Dalton. He's um, he's the guy in um, Better Call Saul. Yeah, he is the yeah. bad guy. There. He's always good and stuff. He's charming and uh, he's super charming yeah. in this. And also at the end, seeing him smiling whilst he was cutting people up, I had a great time with that. I was like, this is fantastic. No, it's the fact he laughing. turns up with a sword in his thing, and they're like, why have you got a sword? It's like it's part of my dress. It's yeah. part of my suit. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All pretty good. All pretty good. Um, and I also like the little the callback to the t- cufflinks from the Netflix series, where she takes one of his cufflinks and uses it to activate the arrows. Mm. It's the same cufflink that he's got in the Netflix series. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed Hawkeye, and it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, that was nice. Six episodes could have taken Elena out dun, of it. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, could have. But she was actually in the second to last episode where she's interacting with Kate. She's probably one of the best parts. But I think it's um. Silly that they have that post-credit scene in the Black Widow film to tease her basically turning up in Hawkeye, hanging out for a cameo in the series. Effectively, well, she's in she's in three of the six episodes, barely. She's barely in the third episode, but in the other two, she's in there for quite a bit. Mm. Which is the fourth episode? Fourth episode, sorry, yeah, yeah. So, and it's, I mean, to be honest, it's one shot. Fourth she's episode, in, it is one shot, and then the fifth and sixth episode, much. she's in quite a few of the scenes. Mm. But um, yeah, I liked it. All right, so we're gonna do the other review. Spider-Man. Yeah. No Way Home. No spoilers. We'll do no spoilers and then we'll do a quick spoilery chat. No spoilers. So Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield <laughs> are in the film. Garfield! From like one hour in. 
fucking he lied to us for two years. He lied to us like a champ as well. He's I, laughing. He's so enjoying it. Here's the thing. I I want him to continue lying. They said this. Just on keep the, saying he's not. Yeah, they said that on the Weekly Planet. They were like, I would love it if he just continued lying. Even if he got another film, he just continued lying. Like he was like he was like like comes out on stage. Someone's like, Hey, what was it like working with uh, Tobey Maguire and, and Tom Holland? He's like, No, no, I don't. What you talking about? I think it's no, funny Andrew Garfield and Charlie Cox, who are notoriously best buddies, are both in the film and neither of them are on screen together once. Oh, Charlie Cox, though. Hands down, probably the nicest little superhero moment in oh, the world. Oh, that cameo is fantastic. It's That's so good, isn't it? That's it's a perfect like, cameo. I'm a really good lawyer. Like, yeah. perfect. Completely perfect. But no, that, that film, for the first hour, I was kind of a bit... It felt a little bit like empty nostalgia. And all the... Yeah. The stuff with um, Jamie Foxx felt... I mean, I, half his stuff was definitely filmed on a different day in front of a green screen yeah. with no one else around because he was just doing reacting to stuff, yeah. quips. But um, they separate him into all the different cells because it's nice and easy to set up everyone's separate shots on separate days. <laughs> but, um, is, that, is that Tree Man? No, that's just a Tree Man. No, it's just a tree. <laughs> just a tree. Yeah. But um, after the first hour, that's when it kicks up. And the second... But whole from the first hour onwards, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, once... Peter decides to he's gonna try to fix them and they go back to his apartment to mm. try and like fix the guys. From that moment onwards, the Perfect. film's friggin' fantastic. Yeah. It's as good a Spider Man movie as we're ever gonna get, I reckon. Yeah. I, I mean, mean I still think Spider Man two and the first Raimi film are better and No no no, like I mean like Into from, the Spider Man. Sorry, from the MCU side of things, this is the best we're gonna get in terms of like a Tom Holland Spider Man. Yeah. Um because that first hour, I think that distinctly feels like Every other MCU Spider-Man, it's a bit twee. It yeah. feels a bit bloodless. Yeah. And then once the Goblin makes that switch, that fight's incredible. Like, yeah. literally just throwing him through windows and taking him down through floors and stuff like that. And Willem Dafoe, I was watching an interview with Willem Dafoe, and he's like, I asked them, I said to them, if I'm going to do this, I need to embody the Goblin, so I want to do my own stunts. Mm. And they were like, okay. And he's like, because I'm going to play the Goblin. I need to play the Goblin. So he was doing a lot of his own stunts as well. Yeah, I like they took off the mask because he looks like the Goblin anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't know, the other interview he did where he talked Peter. about um, asking why he came back to the role and he's all like, you know, wanted a chance to explore the character again and yeah. after all these years and it was really important to him and all this sort of stuff. And then they turned to Alfred Molina and says, for me, it was all about the money. <laughs> Just good old Alfred. Even though Alfred Molina's great in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I even think Jamie Foxx is pretty good in this. Yeah. His scene when he gets captured and he goes, everything feels different. I could be a new man here. And then Lizard turns to him and goes, I could make you a new man. He goes, do you mean by turning me into a lizard? Because I don't want to be a lizard. <laughs> Which is a nice little interaction. That's weird. They sort of did a backdoor Sinister Six film. Yeah. With it. Although the Sinister Six weren't that sinister. They were kind of just sort of hanging out for a bit. And then yeah. we're like, fuck it. Let's do some uh, evil. Yeah. I think that once... I think but the they, villain, you don't watch it for the villain plot in this. No. It's, they're not, they're not, they're only important as far as being, you know, something for Spider-Man to learn and grow over. Well, they're, they're, they're just threats. That's all mm. it is. It's, it's got to be like a hindrance to them getting to a it's certain the, point. It's the best Spider-Man stuff we've done in it because he feels like Spider-Man. Yeah. For most of it. Like, that's what he has. Because the thing is with the Spider-Man films, the new ones, is that he's had everything handed to him. Yeah. And he's, he keeps telling you he's poor, but he's got, like, Iron Man armour and shit. And yeah. Like, you know, he gets, like, a grant from friggin' Tony Stark and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, that shouldn't be Spider-Man. Spider-Man should be struggling, should be poor, everything should be bad, but he still goes out and does the superhero stuff. Yeah. You know? That's one of the things I didn't understand. The whole crux of the film is kind of, well, we can't go to college because we know Spider-Man. Mm. But 
like, why can't Pepper Potts just be like, let these kids go to college, I'll give you, like, millions. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, literally problem solved. Yeah. And I know that, like, that's... Once you get to the point where he's, like, asking Doctor Strange, hey, can you do this for me? And Doctor Strange is just like, fuck yeah, whatever. And it seems like a lot of people say that Doctor Strange is weird in this because he doesn't really act like himself. And I'm like, well, he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah. He has, like, next to no responsibility now. And he seems to be drinking a lot. I don't think that's tea. No, I think people he's said, why was he so irresponsible? I'm like, do you remember how he got into the situation? Yeah. He was texting while driving, <laughs> like, in the rain. Yeah. Like, that's how he got into the situation. Doctor Strange isn't the most responsible person in the and world. And also, like, now that Wong's the Sorcerer Supreme, he is just like... he. I swear he's drinking. I think that he's playing it as if he's drunk. Wong? No, he's just... No, not Wong. Uh, Doctor Strange. Oh. They're playing it like he's drunk. Because no, no, I just he's think like... he's uh, just uh, being a dad now. He's just yeah. sort of chilling out, having his cup of cocoa, <laughs> hanging around the house. It's the first time we've seen Spider-Man do science stuff. Where he goes, this world's just geometry. So yeah. he shoots a couple of webs yeah. and then strings Doctor Strange up in a in a styrogram, styrograph, whatever it is. Spirograph. Spirograph. Yeah, what the um, toy for children yeah. where you draw, yeah, geometric patterns. Um, <coughs> but yeah, let's let's talk about. So your screening, you went on a Wednesday evening. Yeah, I went first showing of the day, ten thirty in the morning on a Wednesday. What was your audience like, Anne? Uh, they were all right. Normal. My cinema was very full for a 10.30 on a Wednesday showing. Yeah, a bunch of nerds. Yeah, a load of fucking, nerds. A load of, of nerds. Like, let's go right here. Um, and uh, was there a lot of cheering during your one? Only at points where it was appropriate. Like, when Andrew Garfield steps in, and when Charlie Cox turns up. Charlie Cox turns up was surprisingly um, loud in mine. People, like, whooping and yeah, cheering. and people gave a clap at the end. Oh, really? I didn't get that. Yeah. But um, when Andrew Garfield came through... Massive, massive cheering. And then when Tobey Maguire came in, people were just like, woo! <laughs> one of the things, one of the things that I realized watching this is that Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland are both fine actors. Like, I like their Spider-Men, mm. but Andrew Garfield is a, a world-class actor. <laughs> He's a lot better than them. He's, there's like, really good character stuff in that scene where like, <laughs> You know, they're like, oh, previous Spider-Man. And he like, just really, does the latest thing in the world. And they're like, no, go on, crawl around for a bit. And he won't do it because he won't perform for them like a monkey. Yeah. But the old lady asks him oh, to get so rid of cobweb. And he's like, oh, sure, because that's Peter Parker. That's what Peter... Yeah, yeah it'd Pete, be nice. Yeah. It'd be nice to an old lady that asks him Whereas to Whereas you compare that to Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the first film doing backflips. <laughs> for <laughs> the For that YouTuber streamer guy. Yeah. Who is a YouTuber streamer because he's in Shang-Chi he as well. He is indeed. I liked, I liked in this. Hey, so, you're that Spider guy. <laughs> it's Spider Man. Yeah, whatever. Do a flip. Yeah. Andrew Garfield appears in the film, completely dressed as Spider Man, and Zendaya throws a bread roll at him. <laughs> she goes, "Don't you have the tingle thing?" And he's like, "I've got the tingle thing, but it doesn't work with bread rolls." <laughs> so she throws another one at him, and then Tobey Maguire walks in, looking like he's just Tobey Maguire off the street. She's like, "That's another Spider Man." <laughs> I was like, you poor fuck, Andrew Garfield. I feel like when he's like, are we going to suit up or are you just going to go to battle dressed as a middle school? Like, I've got I've got a suit, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> but, keeps his identity a secret because he's the only one he bothers. That's the yeah. friggin' Andrew Garfield walking around in his spider suit without his mask on. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Garfield does get like, he gets all the best character moments in this. Well, did um, he get transported to that dimension without his co- when he was in his spider suit without- I think he got transported when he was just in his normal clothes yeah so and he then took he them off and dumped them somewhere so he could run around in his spider suit instead 
Who, Andrew Garfield? Yeah. Oh, no, I think Andrew Garfield was probably mid-doing something. Yeah. But Tobey Maguire Hanging wasn't. Yeah. Um, but Tobey Maguire wasn't. And because Andrew Garfield was mid-dressed as Spider-Man, he's not going to go rob someone, he's Spider-Man. Well, Tobey Maguire was probably doing some good work for the community. Yeah, probably. Being a nice person, was Andrew Garfield was um, going Which around Which is the, the complete reverse of both their real lives, because Andrew Garfield is quite quite phil- philanthropic in uh, real life and looks after people, whereas Tobey Maguire famously was part of a group who went around hitting on women, potentially potentially being quite shitty with women, and was a character in uh, Molly's Game. Well, he's a best friend of... Um... Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all in all, really, really good. I really enjoyed it. But like, like you said, the first hour is a bit slow and it doesn't really feel like anything's ramping up to anything beyond, you know, Tom Maguire having a magical adventure with Doctor Strange. But then as Tom soon as those Holland. villains come in... Tom Holland. Tom Holland, sorry. As soon as those villains come in, it, it becomes a different movie. Completely different beast. Um, and I don't know if it was just because of my nostalgia, because I think that people like Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina are obviously raised things to a different level. Mm. And then stuff like... Um, Andrew Garfield. I think of all of them, Andrew Garfield got the most little moments to redeem himself because obviously his films are so shite. Yeah, and that wasn't really his fault. They didn't answer what that what the deal was with that rat in the first one. Which rat? There's a rat in the first film. Andrew Garfield's walking around the lab, Norman Osborn's lab. Yeah, or whatever lab it is, that place he works. He works at Oscorp, wasn't it? Yeah, lizard work there. Yeah. Instead of being a teacher. Oh, and the little rat that becomes a lizard. There's a weird mutant rat. It doesn't become a lizard. It's just a weird mutant I rat. That it was you a see it rat. and it runs off. Yeah, oh, never mind. Um. But yeah, like he got his little save the save the cheerleader moment. Mm. He uh, managed to save Mary Jane, which was incredible because he had like a nice little reaction to that. Um, but yeah, all in all, really good. And it sparked rumors that they're going to do an, another Amazing Spider-Man. They might bring it back. Nah. I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, I do like I do like everybody talking about how they became villains. And Electro goes, "I fell into a vat of electric eels," and then Sandman went. That's weird. I fell into an electron collider that was filled with sand. It's like, it's like, damn. Got to make sure you, you got to be careful where you fall, right? <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> um, Electro's good in this. He's just Jamie Fox with electric powers, mm. but uh, he's good in this. And also, I like, uh, I like the little. I thought you'd be black. And also, Max used to be the sweetest guy. What happened? It's like, I guess I got electric powers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said, I wish the audience was so fucking rowdy. I wish they could control themselves for five fucking seconds. They're they were getting rowdy. They were literally cheering and shit in my screening. And I, someone sat next to you me. You were cheering. It always winds me up when someone sits next to me. I don't no know one why. sat next to me. I cho- you choose an aisle seat. Yeah, I chose an aisle seat. And he sat on the other fucking side of the aisle. Like a psychopath. Like, you know, like I'm sitting in the aisle. He's one away from the aisle. What fucking psychopath gets that seat? <sighs> I don't know. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I hope a lot of people are going to go out and see it. Well, they have. It's billions. It's already hit a billion dollars. They'll make another movie. Hopefully they make Iron Lad. No, I'm cool. Let's just... Oh, what do you think of his costume at the end? For the five femtoseconds you see it, not yeah, motion blur. Yeah, fucking spandex shiny one. Yeah. Looks like a mix between the two. Like between yeah. the original Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man's. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm. They're definitely coming back for the sequel, aren't they? Uh, oh, probably not. I reckon they'll do something with them. No. Nah. Like, like, I need help. Doctor Strange. I'm Spider-Man. No, nah, they've done it now. Leave it. Yeah. Let Into the Spider-Verse keep that stuff. Yeah, just do another Amazing Spider-Man movie. Because we've got us doing two sequels to Into the Spider-Verse. Do an Amazing Spider-Man sequel. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the trailer for that. that looks all right. Yeah. He's fighting Spider-Man 2099 for some I'm reason. more concerned about friggin' Part Doctor two. Strange having not Shumagorath in it. 
That's what I care about. What is that meant to? Is that not meant to be Shumagorath? They can't use the name Shumagorath. Why? Because um, Shumagorath first appeared in a non-Marvel comic, in a non-Marvel like Marvel Universe comic. Basically, there was this whole thing where if you created a character in a Marvel comic, then Marvel owned the rights to it. And but so what writers would do at the time was they would be writing a comic that's under a different license. Mm. Like, let's say the Transformers comics, this happened twice with Transformers. And they would sneakily, they would introduce the character in that comic before putting it in the Marvel comics. Okay. So they'd introduce it elsewhere and use it there so the writers could own the rights to them. So that's why Death's Head and Circuit Breaker can't be used in the Transformers movies because the rights to them are owned by different people from who owned the comics licenses at the time. And Shumagrath's the same thing. Someone else owns the rights to it. Like, Marvel can use it if they're, like, license it or something. Okay. But, yeah, apparently that's why he's green and not purple. Oh. Yeah. That's it's plainly Shumagorath. Yeah. It looks like Shumagorath. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, so, Anne, we'll do TV show first, then we'll do movie and video game, yeah? Well, uh, fuck up, fucking whatever, right. fuck, man. Fuck, Go then, bud, you're first. Fucking, what, TV show? Yeah. What TV? Does the show have to have finished this year? No. Or started this year? I mean, either or, really. Yeah, when do we count? Well, just review your TV show. Some shows are really good and they're still going. Well, whatever you've enjoyed the most this year, if it's still going, it's still going. Just review it. I don't want to yet. I want to save it for when it's finished. Okay, well then, review something else. God. um, Power Rangers. (laughs) Series 1. No. Star Trek. Oh, Picard. No, not Picard was last year. That's your favourite programme. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. That's all you talk about. Is you're like, Picard, awful. Picard, Picard. I can't wait for him to be on no, the I don't know what show was really good this year. That's the thing. Nothing. Like, but what did you enjoy the most? It doesn't have to be really know. good. I mean, do you know what finished this year? What? I mean, I, could, I was going to do friggin' Star Trek Lower Decks, but it's a few episodes and only the last one really stands out massively. It's just been. It's just a fun show. Yeah. But what was an excellent show was Kikai Sentai... Not Kikai Sentai Senkaija. You can just say Power Rangers. No, Kikai Sen... No, Mashin Sentai Kira Major. <laughs> Mashin Sentai Kira Ranger. Because that finished this year. That yeah. started last year. Okay. But it finished this year. Okay. But that I was that was a fantastic season of Super Sentai. It's a, a prime example of what a Super Sentai series can be. It was a lot of fun. It was sparkly. Um, I want to see if they ever adapt it into Power Rangers because I'd love to see them try and sell dual-based toys to little boys. I want to see them do that. I want to see how Hasbro market that. Toys for boys. Mm. Um, I think I think Toei are like going out of their way to create new Super Sentai shows that are almost impossible for them to um, adapt. Maybe. Like next year's, the new series that's going to start in March next yeah. year, it's based on the legend of Momotaras, who's a demon, a mischievous demon who has a peach on his head with a little sort of thing coming out the top of his head. So it looks like a dick. Um, and his whole family, he's like a whole family of Sentai based off him. And one of them's a little cartoon dog who's like four foot tall. Mm. And the other one's like a, a like a nine foot tall bird man who's the Pink Ranger. I want to see him try and adapt that when that happens. And he, they ride around on motorbikes. They're like a biker <laughs> gang. Um, but yeah, Kira Major, it's, it's pretty standard Super Sentai. It's like in terms of what it does, standard standard stuff. Just yeah. team of five. They've got powers. They fight monsters invading from another world. And stuff, but it just does it really, really well. The story arcs all pay off, and there's good comedic relief, and the characters are well defined. Like every single one of them gets a proper arc for their stories, and like 
it's just really good stuff. There's there's things like most of the team are older than the Red Ranger, and the Red Ranger always ends up being the leader by default because it just has to be, right? Yeah. But he's the leader because he's got the most imagination. You can create things, and that's part of the whole thing. Are they essentially like Green Lanterns? He creates stuff. Like, if he comes up with the idea for it, they can bring it into being. Um, like Penny Crayon. Um, but, like, there's one member of the team who's clearly a better leader. He run. He's an esports team leader. Yeah. And a great gamer and all this sort of stuff. And he could have been the could have been the Red Ranger, but they settle that and they realise it's because he doesn't have the same sort of imagination the Red Ranger has to think outside the box and all this. You know, better ideas. You know, it's a good, good, good show. That was, Sounds it was, good. It was fun and there was some fun machines and there's a really touching episode where the mecha gets turned into a, um, a toy size, gets shrunk down to toy size yeah, and ends up in a little kid's house and the kid thinks it's a toy and they're sort of like having to sort of convince the kid to help them do stuff and they can't leave the mecca they're just like in the mecca talking to the little kid and the kid's been left at home by his mum she has to go to work all the time and it makes him sad and it's a really good episode that one where she learns a lesson not to leave her not to you know he doesn't mind being left at home you think it's because he's lonely all the time but what it really is is that his mum didn't give doesn't always give him hugs when she goes and stuff and she doesn't you know, she's she doesn't say sore. She doesn't she doesn't say you know that she cares enough, which is a common thread of the writers' stuff. But the show had loads of really standout big set pieces that were way above the sort of budget you'd expect for Super Sentai, yeah. with like full blown one action sequences that are all like you know shot to look like one take, going through multiple locations and. One of them is a big fight going on in the foreground while a mecha fight's going on. Well, three mecha fights are going on in the background. And the camera's switching around between them, like keeping all the action. Like a sword gets knocked out of mecha's hand and lands down between the two guys as they're fighting. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. And it's like the sort of stuff that you wouldn't expect a TV show for kids to no. go to that effort to make. Like, like it's quite advanced. I wouldn't expect Flash and Arrow to do that in one shot. They'd, they'd be cutting all around it and all, all this sort of like stuff. Or they CGI monstrosity. Right. Yeah. Remember they had the King Sharp fight, Gorilla Quad? Yeah. It was fun, but it didn't look great. It didn't look very good. <laughs> but, um, but no, Kira Major was a lot of fun. And this year's series has been fantastic as well. So I think they're on a rise. Super, Super Sentai's doing good. Cool. Because um, Carmen Rider's been the one that's more popular in recent years. But um, last year's Carmen Rider series, the one that just ended a few weeks back, is not great. I've seen two episodes of it and both of them felt really flat and boring. No, oh, that's a shame. And the new series is apparently okay and fun, but not really anything special. So it's like twee. Yeah. That's a shame. Sure. But the Super Sentai's just been on a roll. Yeah. So is the new series of Ultraman. That's been really good. Cool. Not finished yet, though. All right. A couple more weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um... All right. Well, what's your favourite TV show? You cunt. So I've got a few honourable mentions. This I watch year. inventive stuff. You're gonna no, don't honourable mentions. You just say the TV show. Well, I've watched a few things that I, I'd recommend people Nothing. watch. Who watches TV? Jesus, lots of people watch TV. So, um, so yeah, a few things I'd recommend. Um, I only finished last year's season of Better Call Saul this year. Jesus. So obviously the Marvel shows we really said that we like those, um, and and they're worth watching if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, on Netflix, you got Midnight Mass, which I really enjoyed, but wasn't my wasn't my TV show of the year. Um, what is it? What Midnight Mass show of the year, and then you've got things like Only Only Murders in the Building, White Lotus, um, and Arcane on Netflix. I didn't watch Only Murders in the Building because I need to watch that because Martin Short and Steve Martin. Apparently, it's really really good. No, you didn't watch it. I watched the first few episodes. I haven't finished it yet. Um, And then you've got stuff like I know what you did last summer was all right. Kevin can fuck himself is good. 
But yeah, Arcane was also a good Netflix series based on League of Legends. I've got no interest in League of Legends, but the first few episodes of that were good. Um, I haven't watched the last arc. There's like three different arcs in there. So I watched the first two. And it just sort of... A lot of people are raving about it, but it felt a bit generic to me. But the animation's beautiful and it does really drag you in with some of the stuff. But the I should have said Cowboy Bebop was my show of the year just to piss just people, people off. off. I was going to recommend yeah. Cowboy Bebop at the end. Yeah. yeah I was going to say that that's another honorable mention. The only problem with Cowboy Bebop... People just don't give it a chance. Yeah, and also the problem is that it, it where it retreads the anime, it does retread the anime. And if you've seen the anime, you may not get the same longe- longevity from seeing it live action. But, I mean, it was still good. It was still enjoyable. Uh, but my TV show of the year is Dope Sick. Uh, it is on Disney Plus right now in the UK. Uh, it's all Isn't shown- that like a um, webtoon from the early 90s on no, Newgrounds? Was- no, no, no. So Dope I'm Sick- thinking of Homestar Runner. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, Dope, Stick- Dope Sick is the story of the OxyContin uh, drug being released and the FDA tra- tra- cracking down on the, sh- the Stickler-, Strickler family, or whatever their name is. <clears throat> and it sort of, it tells it from several different perspectives. You've got people like Rosario Dawson, who plays a DEA agent who is noticing that dealers have started trafficking pills. So it's not just like cocaine and stuff like that. She's finding pills and she's trying to find out what those pills are. And it turns out they're Oxycontin. There's something that's over the shelf. or oh, sorry, off the shelf. So why are drug dealers dealing in them? You've got uh, a small town doctor who works in a mining community. One of the first places they rolled out Oxycontin as a pain medication. Um, and he eventually starts struggling with addiction himself because he doesn't realize that it has such addictive qualities despite seeing some of the damage it's done to some of his patients. But obviously, in the early days, that's mitigated by the fact that he's not hearing so many horror stories about it. Um, and then you've got... Um, you've got... Um, oh, God, what's the name of the kid who just got cast as fucking... as um, as Adam Warlock? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, weird-looking kid. Weird face, he's English. Yeah, fucking ginger, oh, ginger lad. Disgusting. Name? Can't believe that ginger. But he's in it as well, and he plays one of the salesmen. And in the beginning, he's very, like, very excited, and he sells it to uh, Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton starts prescribing it to some of his patients, and then that's where Michael Keaton's addiction starts, and other patients okay. starts. And he sees those people struggle throughout their lives with that addiction he's trying his best and like you can see him as the series progresses trying to claw some of these people back like he's trying these programs and he tries to get some of the people that he's he's you know um accidentally become well he's accidentally caused addiction with to go and help and obviously like in america healthcare is a lot different than it is in the uk so it's really stark to see the differences like in the u.s obviously operations have a cost so instead of having an operation people won't have an operation they'll take pills to mitigate the pain because it's cheaper yeah, they should just do what every other country in the world does. And have healthcare. Yeah. Uh, so, like, OxyContin, there's a lot in this TV program. They're talking about pain management. And it was just so weird to see that. And then also see people selling pills, which is something that obviously shouldn't happen. That's incredibly horrible. But they're selling pills to doctors to prescribe to patients that are already on pills that are effective and not as addictive. Capitalism, yeah. And it, yeah, it's just so fucking weird to see... From a UK perspective, if we get sick, we go to the don't doctor. Don't worry, we'll get it in a few years. Oh, God, don't say that. I can't fucking live in a world where we don't have proper healthcare. Um, basically, you go to a doctor in the UK and the doctor prescribes something. If you're not happy with that prescription or if you try and it doesn't work, you go back to your doctor and they go, I'll try something else, or they're up the dosage, and then they give you a prescription and you go and you, you get your pills. And usually you pay a prescription fee, it's like £10, and you get all the pills it's that are prescribed to you. It's nine pounds something. It was six pound ninety five last time I ever had to get anything. No, like my uh, every two months I have to pay like nine quid or 
yeah. something like that. Um, but anyway, so so that's what we do in the UK. In the US, obviously, they pay by pill. And it's not just they pay by pill. If they they have adverts on their TV that advertise pills. Yeah, it's a bit weird that. Yeah, how fucking strange is that? So you no longer get prescribed medication by your doctor. You're getting prescribed medication by a salesman that your doctor's spoken to. So at no point are you told that these side effects aren't potentially going to happen. They will happen and stuff like that. And it's just so strange and so so stark compared to what we have here. But this story, it's it's about... Oh, Sackler. That's the name of the family, the Sackler family. It's about their downfall. And they did actually, last year, they, they had to pay a big... A uh, big fee because of all of the oxycontin stuff. Eventually, there was like a massive payout. Oxycontin, more yeah. like that's a really obvious um, one. That was should really have tried there, yeah. But um, but it's still oxycontin. So, it's so fucking sad, and it's and it's it, like a devastating thing that happens to these people. And because it's it's done in a way that it's it is fiction based on that. Like mm. part of it is fiction. So the smaller story with the doctor that's fiction based on recounts of what people have said. And then the main story with the DEA and the FDA, and then also the Sackler family themselves—that's more realistic. Doesn't Michael Keaton just like put on his bat costume no, and go off? Sadly, the, oh. He does not sad. It's real sad Batman. Was it all set in the daytime then? Yeah, yeah, that's why. It is real sad Batman, and yeah. and like the, you can see how he is. How much he wanted to just dress up in the <laughs> Batman costume. <laughs> you can see how he is corrupted by the organization. They have so mm. many. Like they're not allowed to give doctors money for prescribing the pills, right? So they have like these weekend retreats where you go and you learn about the medication mm. and they tell you the stuff and they give you this information. But it's just another sales trip in any other name. Mm. And then they have doctors... I think they, they'd call it a bribe. Yeah. But they have doctors that they, they then pay money to do speeches and that's how they get doctors' payments for coming out to these things and doing things with them. Mm. And it's just so fucking dark. But it just it, the thing that still sticks with me now is the idea of pain management. I can't get over that. I can't get over being in a situation where you break your arm you need an operation for your arm, or it's going to hurt a lot for a long time. But the operation for your arm costs so much, you just keep putting pills in your mouth to try and mitigate the pain. It's not a solution to the problem. It's you just basically saying to yourself, I'm fine with this pain until I die. Because I can't yeah. afford to get this fixed. And that's America fucking horrible. Yeah. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, America's a messed up place. It's really fucked. Yeah. And I can't... Can't. I mean, if you get shot by someone, which is a good chance it will happen in yeah. some parts of America. You have to pay for your hospital. Yeah, you're and the then one. you go to court to try and reclaim the costs. Yeah. But even then, you can only reclaim the costs. You can't reclaim the interest. Mm. The interest you still have to pay if you haven't paid the full amount straight up. America. It's so fucked. But yeah, it's it's so dark. If you're in the UK seeing this, it's like a horror story. If in the US, you're probably used to seeing shit like this because I think that they're still struggling with OxyContin as an addictive substance like there are still people in rehab trying to get over that drug mm. and they released things like oxycodone and they were like they were like we've got these new like as the as the program goes on you can see them increasing uh, painkillers are pretty fucking great yeah they are uh, you know, i know I, I had a really nasty neck thing going on for a few days once yeah where my neck was seizing up and it was in massive pain i was getting these horrific headaches i had something making me have to do massive squits when i got home from work ridiculous something was going full on yeah didn't go to the doctor though because every day it went by like ten o'clock. Yeah, and I felt fine. And the next day I went to work fine. By midday it's kicked off again. And my mum was on Codrydamol at the time, so she let me take oh. some of them. And oh. holy shit, that stuff! Oh. Codrydamol, man, fucking everyone should get some. That's that is good stuff. Just for fun, just keep having it all the time. I took one of them, like freaking. You know what the best thing about those are as well? They're a, they're a, they're a <clears throat> hunger suppressant, so you lose weight too. 
Oh, yeah, hi, and sweet. lose weight. I'm going to get on that, yeah. And then, you know, if my heart grows bigger by three times, it won't be because of Christmas, it'll be because of the drugs, and I'll get to die <laughs> like Eddie Guerrero did. Eddie Guerrero. Rest in peace, Eddie. <laughs> Up in heaven. I um, saw him before live. I'm okay. so glad I chose to go to SmackDown over Raw to, and got to see Eddie Guerrero perform live, because if I went to Raw, I would have seen Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. That was my choice. Do you I really see... had like a Sophie's Choice of Wrestlers. Though, yeah, I was like, do I see my two favourite wrestlers? Ed Guerrero's on SmackDown, Chris Benoit's Wait, on Raw. Wait, was he your favourite wrestler Which one am I going to after pick? what happened? Chris before. <laughs> my favourite family annihilator slash wrestler. It's all about family. Like, <laughs> Eddie Guerrero was all about me familia. Yeah. And Chris Benoit never mentioned his and then he killed him. He's got to get on there. The, the... Not all of them. No. He's got to get on Fast and Furious, old Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, um, he's anyway. dead. They're both dead. Well, I mean, like they could bring him back by CGI. Yes, yeah, just like in my favorite film, with coming the year. with his car bouncing yeah. around the place. <coughs> but yeah, um, dope sick. You have Vin Fuck. Diesel has to get really high up, and Eddie like goes, has got the hydraulics, and Vin jumps on the hood of the car, and he boosts the hydraulics. No, it'd be like angels in the outfield. It'd be like Vin, you gotta turn left. Wait, have they done that yet? Has anyone got a booster lift jump off of a hydraulic Latino car in Fast and Furious? Latino car. One of those ones that bounces all over the place. <laughs> I you, when you said that, I imagine. You know what I mean? It's associated with Latino a, things. You know, like, but when you said it, at least I, imagine, I do because of Eddie Guerrero. I imagine a car like the Beetlejuice car, you know, when he becomes a car in the cartoon. It's just a big head. No, I don't, I don't remember. You get that. inside. No. Okay. But has anyone done that in Fast and Furious? Anyway, that's an don't obvious stick. I really loved it, but it is fucking oh, yeah, it's horrific. Good. It's hard to watch sometimes. But really, and you chose that over The Good Doctor. I've watched every oh, episode. Not finished yet. I've watched not... every episode of The Good Doctor midway through season five because they were on a break. There's been one good episode of The Good Doctor. Should we quickly talk about this? No, wait until see Good Doctor. No, no, finished. let's let's quickly talk about this. So, Ad's referring to The Good Doctor, which is a, an American remake of a Korean program about a doctor with autism. Yeah, oh. and uh, it is bad. It's a bad series. They give him superpowers because of his autism, and. Uh, and there's, there's one good episode. There is one good episode in the whole of this program, and it was the last episode. And they had an emergency where a woman's baby was born prematurely, and they had to basically intravenously feed it a formula that would be similar to what it was receiving in the womb. And uh, and they go, call up to the pharmacy. They're like, give us this formula. And they're like, I can't. And he goes, what do you mean you can't? Every bottle we've got has expired. And uh, and he loses his shit. The baby dies, and the mum dies. Oh. And so he goes down to the thing, and it turns out you mentioned that, this before. Yeah, the hospital's been bought out by like a big group that are like healthcare. It's all about family. <laughs> American healthcare is never about family; it's about money. But basically, he finds out they've been cutting costs by cheaper, like by not replenishing drugs that are expired that aren't regularly used. So that's why the drugs are all expired. So like all the old shit in the pharmacy. Is just like they don't buy new stuff of it, even though they're meant to have supplies at all times so that they can use them, obviously. And so he goes down there and he's with his autism powers. He's going through everything really quickly, but he suddenly has a breakdown because every date is expired. He's like, like the oh. accountant. Yeah. I remembered that film the other day. Oh, with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Oh, and Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Oh, bad film. But yeah, it's the one good episode. One good episode of The Good Doctor is where he discovers that they aren't replenishing their drugs when they're expired. So. A baby dies and he can't handle it. And it's when he's going through a personal situation that means that he's thinking about children. Because every episode they have like a personal crisis and then someone comes in and goes, 
my mum and dad won't let me be trans. And he's like, we were just talking about this. Why do you think you're a girl? And it's like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, what am I watching? But anyway, regardless of that, The Good Doctor's Bad Show, don't watch it. I will watch every episode. They should remake Q, but they replace the autistic guy with him. They should remake The Zombie Detective, which is... Wait, they did remake Q. It came out in Japan. Why is that still not out here yet? Um, they, they, they had a zombie detective series on Netflix that I think people should watch because it's actually quite fun. People have been getting into Squid Game, but Zombie Detective is great. I didn't even watch Squid Game. Did you, <laughs> did you not? No. Uh, well, watch Zombie Detective. It's way better. And your favourite movie of the year, if you please. Also, I'm just checking if the Japanese remake of I'm just looking as well to see if I can Has been it. released on DVD in Japan. Because if it has, then we can get a cop. Yeah, I can freaking, I can get a buddy of mine to translate it. So... <laughs> Sexy evil genius. That's not what I searched for. Uh, it only came out in cinema on October twenty second. Oh god, fucking Asian wiki wants your. Uh, I don't know, but anyway, film of the year. Yeah. Um. No. 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 No time to die was pretty good. No time to die was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. I can't think of any films I saw this year that Malignant. were really fantastic. Malignant. Um. Malignant. No way home was Malignant. good, but like I said, the first half. There. But no time to die was. Like, really solid, wasn't it? Yeah, I liked it. But I had more fun with Malignant. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I always pick the film I had most fun with. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why that's why friggin' Serenity was my film of the year. Yeah, I remember. Which Maybe I remembered so. from January, the uh, whole year. To be fair, last year was COVID ground zero. But, yeah, it was bad. Um you know, there wasn't much release. But, I mean, no, like I said, No Time to Die was great. Don't get me wrong. Really good Bond film. And it was probably the best action film I saw all year. Yeah. Like, easily. But it didn't have a woman doing the thing she does. I, mean, I still don't want to spoil anything from Malignant because like, people need to watch that film. Let's just say it's about a woman who has a head injury. Yeah, she has a head injury. Yeah. But th- that's the thing. If you watch this film and you know what happens in it, if you watch one of those YouTubers... Going, well, this film is terrible. Here's all the sins. Like, fuck you. Like, you're not going to get the same enjoyment out of it. You've got to watch it blind first time. I showed Paul and Christian the film, and both of them thought it was amazing. (laughs) Paul fucking loves it. Like, I got got Dan um, Williams, you know, the Retro Zone guy. He does the streaming. He watched it as well. I convinced him to watch it. He went to the cinema to see it. And he said it was it's probably his film of the year as well. We freaking loved it. And the thing is, it's schlocky. It's like camp. The acting is like really sort of B-tier thing. But that's all stuff that makes it perfect. It's the, st- it's the stuff that elevates it. Because <laughs> if, if we had really good performances, like, I mean, I'm not, the performances are fine, don't get me wrong, but they are like CW actors, you know, you know, not the main cast of the CW shows like Arrow and Flash and all that. They're the guys who are like playing a villain this week. It's those guys, or the ones like. It's, I think some of them did. It's the doctor that they go to visit to and get so some bull. information about, like you know, whatever chemical the villain's using. Yeah. It's those guys. That's the cast. Although it does have um, the girl from Zobal. What's her name? Zobal from uh, from Death Proof. No, she was in God Bless America. Little girl. The girls from God Bless America. The main one? Yeah, I can't remember her name. But she's yeah. in it. And God Bless America was good. That, but, was, the, that was the Bobcat Golf Week. Yeah, the one with Bill Murray's brother. Oh, yeah. Where they go on a shooting spree. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, it's God Bless America. But um, no, it's just it's just a lot of fun. It reminds me of stuff like Basket Case. And it reminds me a lot of it Basket did, Case. It did remind me a lot of Basket but, Case. 
Evil Dead type stuff and like the schlocky. Loads of people said Dario Argento. There's a lot of Dario Argento in it, but it's definitely a lot of Raimi in it as well. There's a lot of like dumb B movie eighties horror films that what a shock you with a big funny big massive twist. Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. More stylish than Sleep. Sleepaway Camp's not that great. It's just it's just memorable. And the ending. Yeah, that's me- that's why it's memorable. Yeah. Um but this is more like uh what's the one with the with the woman who's hiding a secret and she's got a mutant child. It's a Dario Argento oh, film. Um Not Phenomena. Not no. Tenebrae. One of those ones. The brood it feels a bit like at nah. times. Yeah, but it's that's what it's going for. It's it's yeah. dumb, schlocky fun. The sort of film you get some buddies together. You know, you get some pizza, have a few beers. It it feels a lot like that film where the woman's got the demon child that feeds on blood. That's normal. Mm. Your child feeds on blood. Children do feed on blood. It feels a bit like Orphan as well. Do you know what I was thinking about the other day? You know how you got all these home automation things and you got the Alexas and Googles and stuff? Did no one watch Demon Seed? Am I the only person who grew up watching Demon Seed? Is that the one where she gets fucked by a monster? It's the one where... No, that's the entity. Where a woman has, like, she gets given a smart home. She has to live in a smart oh, home for yeah, a few yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the it smart home, seg- yeah, sentient, and locks her in and takes control and gets her pregnant and Makes her has a little robot baby. baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Malignant, it's just fun. Like, it's, it, I'm going to watch it more times. I'm sure it's going to be something me and Paul watch whenever we fancy watching some schlocky horror. Um, you know, it's no Evil Dead, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I had a lot of fun with it. And like I said, No Time to Die was, yeah, a better film. Whatever. You might, you can you can have all your metrics for what makes a great film, your character development and your plot arcs and your setup and stuff. This film this film had a really good depiction of um, sleep paralysis. Malignant did not do No Time to Die. Malignant. Where she's lying in the bed. The bit where she's like freaking out and there's a monster yeah. and she can't move. And she, like, can't move away. And she's got the whole, uh, uh, can't get up off the floor and all this sort of stuff. And she can't move. Because I've had sleep paralysis a number of times. It's fucking freaky. It's really freaking terrifying. Like, people think sleep paralysis, oh, you just can't move. No, it, there's demons and shit, man. You see things. Like, I've had it where I can hear something in the kitchen downstairs. And I can hear specifically which drawers it's going through and stuff. And then I hear it come up the stairs and go into the room while I'm sleeping. And it mostly happens if I sleep face down, so I try to avoid sleeping face down. Because you're lying down, you can't move your head. Yeah. Like, usually, it, my head will be facing the opposite way to where it comes in. Yeah. And I can't turn my head to get to it because the mattress is stopping me. But in my head, in my dream, in like the sleep paralysis thing. Mm. But, yeah, this film has one of the best depictions of sleep paralysis I've seen. That's cool. Like, um... Yeah, I know people who have had it as well. Just because I thought for years it was just me having no, like, freaky fucking dreams, and I found out that's what sleep paralysis is. Yeah, what the fuck? Like, um, I know someone that used to have it really badly, and she used to dream that there was someone looming over the end of the bed. Yeah, I've had one come through the window as well. Yeah. That's the other one I get, and it would be something that looks like it's moving but isn't moving. It like mm. sort of resets. So it like sort of mm. reaches for them, resets, and then mine's usually just like a reach. black mass type thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, but I remember that person had a lot of trouble sleeping. Yeah, I only get it every now and again. It happened really bad last year for a couple of months, but I think that's because like friggin' lockdown, lockdown and everything else. And shit. Your head, yeah. But um, you had like you do tend, tend to find it when you're going through moments of flux. Yeah, because my sleep patterns went all over the place. Yeah, last you didn't year. have to work or anything. Yeah. that's the problem, wasn't it? I had like three months where I was waking up like a productive person, yeah. like waking up at eight in the morning, going to bed at midnight, like, and then I just went out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Malignant, yeah, good fun. Just just yeah. watch it going blind, like I said with Serenity, but no one fucking watched Serenity. So Yeah. <laughs> Serenity's fucking hilarious. I think I've got a lot of honourable mentions for this one. Yeah, but I don't bother with honourable mentions, you see. I still want to go over like some of the stuff that I'd recommend but but wouldn't necessarily or didn't get a chance to review. Um can I pee quickly? You want me to pause this again? Yeah, just pause it. Oh sorry, but yeah, so I've got a lot of honorable mentions this year. Um, like you said, Malignant, fantastic. I didn't really How like was your it. peeing? It was good. Did it burn? Uh, no. I didn't like it as much as you liked it. Blood? And, but uh, No, no, not this time. I didn't like it as much as you liked it, but I, I still... I suppose yes, enjoyed. please, thanks. I'll have some of that. <laughs> um, stuff like No Time to Die was great. A lot better than expected, considering the long delay to get it out. Shang-Chi was fantastic. I watched Shang-Chi again and I had a hell of a time rewatching yeah. it. I still think the ending is like... Dog shit, but... It's not the bad ending. It's just that it's a disappointing that after the, 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 it does Marvel. Yeah. I wish they'd done more Kung Fu. Um, stuff like The Green Knight was awesome. Another Round was really good. Um, Titane, which was the follow-up to Raw, was good. Titane. Titane was good, but weird. Titane. Um, and even things like uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, which I only managed to watch the other night, was really good. Is that a film about P.O.D.? No, that's <laughs> the it's the one about the guy who wrote Rent, um, with Andrew Garfield in it. It's a um, musical. Uh, but really, really good. Uh, and then stuff... Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> I know you're not ready for this. I can't hear you. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Um, no, so... Uh, so, and then, unexpectedly, really enjoyed Resident Evil. Everybody else hated it. I fucking loved it. Still fucking, loved it. Why would you like a film like Resident Evil? There's this schlocky B-movie crap. I um, I was telling... I did was... it even have a plot twist? <laughs> did it even have... It did. It had a plot. Had the a plot. plot twist that one of the characters is adopted. Yeah. Did it? Uh, two of them oh. are. Are they? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, um, Resident Evil, for anyone who, who hasn't seen it, because they're well, it's not your film of the year, is no, it? No, it's not. But it's, it is very much I'm like, something like that as your film you know, like, you know, like how Catwoman, when Pietro was talking about Pat, Catwoman and how he, yeah, how he made it and why he picked it and all this other stuff. Pete and he's just, Pete off, that's it. He's like, he's like, why did you, why did you choose to direct Catwoman? He's like, come on, I'm French. <laughs> I love women, I love cats, I guess. Um, but Resident Evil is very much like like someone who understands the game, but is also Italian. <laughs> like this beautiful lady that's having the zombies. <laughs> it's like all this crazy and stuff. And understands how to tell stories it, he, like people is, who make video there's games. There's actually there are it, it's two stories in that. I'm not going to get back into Resident Evil. Just go see it if you're interested in that. It's a lot more fun than people have made it out to be. But my film of the year this year is The French Dispatch. I'm sorry. I know people are going to say it's an arty farty film. Arty farty, it's but, fucking but It's one of the films I, I'm, it is the film I most enjoyed this year. It's, it's, it was surprising to me because I was a little lackluster going into it because it's obviously like a, it's, it's not his usual fare where it's one story with You're one You're lackluster all the time. Fun? <laughs> You're always lackluster. Yeah. Um, but it's, it is, it is an anthology film. So it's three stories with an overwrapping arc that sort of travels through and I loved it I did really enjoy it and it is the complete package it's got great performances it's got great music it's got great set great direction you know just it's the whole thing it's Timothy what you want Chamelet. Timothy Chalamet he's in everything in the last three he months he is I saw Don't Look Up yeah he's in that what the fuck I saw that yesterday he's actually really good in it and uh, has a way more depressing ending than you think but still not as depressing as going to your parents on Christmas Day like I did so <gasps> chin chin uh, but yeah, um, The French Dispatch, really fucking loved it. Really, really loved it. And it is a film that has stuck with me even more than some of the films that I've been looking forward to for even 
a couple of years at this point because we've obviously been in lockdown for a little bit longer than we expected. Um, Antlers was a film I looked forward to for a long time. And whilst it was great, it just had something missing that just didn't catch me quite as much as I wanted it to. But it was still fantastic overall package. It's probably missing the backwards woman. It's not got a backwards lane. No, I think that the problem with Antlers is that it's it's not really a problem so much as it's it's you know the nature of a low budget but big idea film is that there's a lot of like tell don't show in some of the yeah, kills and film stuff. Should, yeah, that's how yeah. films should be. Tell don't show. Yeah, it should be the other way around. It should be show don't tell. Nah, otherwise it might as well be a podcast. Nah, just tell tell us. Tell us. <laughs> I can't believe the monster. Explain it to <laughs> just me. like in uh, Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. <laughs> Break it down for Have me. Have you seen Popstar, Never Stop, Never no. Stopping? There's a scene in which they uh, they have the camera and he's like his his pet's just died. And he's like, turn the camera off. I don't want to be seen. And then just with subtitles, like you know those nine one one calls they do sometimes. Mm. It just it basically has the audio for him fighting a giant nest of bees with flamethrowers. And he goes, did you get that? It's like no, he told us to turn the cameras off. He's like, what? <laughs> it's the whole audio, this massive ordeal where they're fighting this giant bees. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, my film of the year is The French Dispatch. I really fucking love it, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching it again. Um, it is it is very much a sumptuous feast for all of the senses, except for taste, unless you eat it, I guess. Did you mention Ghostbusters Afterlife? Ghostbusters Afterlife is yeah. fine. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, it's left a sour taste in my mouth. I think my review showed how conflicted I was on that one just because the CGI Harold Ramis at the end really fucking yeah. just... It did did something to me I didn't like. Did you like. see um, they're making that box set and it doesn't include the 2006 <laughs> yes, one? Yes, I did. That is such a friggin' just please Sony the fanboys move. That's a Sony move. Include it. Fucking That's include, a Sony move. Include it as a bonus feature. Yeah. Like, <laughs> on one of the four Ks. Yeah, like they did with Lawnmower Man when they put Lawnmower Man 2 on there as a bonus feature. <laughs> See that? <coughs> it's not even a bad film. The I hate it's, it. It's fine. It's no, I just... Fine. My problem is I just didn't... Everything fell flat in the film. Like, I can't remember a joke in there that was actually any good. Anything with Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones. No, that's that not true, because there's, all the best there's stuff. that hearse scene. Where it's like, did you check there's a dead body in the back? No. Ah! No, it's fucking so bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and it's now time for your final final review. Your video game of the year. Oh, do I have to think about that? Yeah. Shit, what have I played this year? Hold on. Do you know what? Loop Hero. I have a literal list. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, of what I've played this year. Um, I should remember because I just did a video. Um, well, I, I talked about. It. You know, it's not. It's not Contra Road Court, which came out last year or something. But that that was that That's was flipping. T- did Loop Hero come out this year? I'm pretty sure I talked about Loop Hero, didn't I? Yeah, Loop Hero came out this year. Yeah, Loop Hero. Yeah, there you go. Loop Hero wins. <laughs> Fucking. Close second up would be Unpacking. Unpacking was great. It's like four hours long. You can play you, for it. It's you fun. didn't it's think Forza really Horizon 5? Forza Horizon 5 was more Forza Horizon. Yeah, it's true. But, um... I mean, Mr. Drillerland, Zero Going Under, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart. Ratchet and Clank was great, but Loop Hero was new. Yeah. And it was inventive and really frigging clever. Um, Loop Hero was an indie darling this year. for the fir- Early was. on this year. Um, really clever roguelike thing where you're not playing the character. You're sort of like it's sort of a weird mix of a god game and a roguelike because your character you got a little character walking around doing the battles, mm. and he's like the character you would normally play in one of these. But your job is to create the world around him, 
with uh, mem- fragments of memories and stuff and play stuff down and where you play stuff and how you play stuff can trigger different like scenarios and events. Ooh, and- don't get triggered. Um, and I, I played a lot of it. I freaking loved it. There was times where like you, you get so powerful and you do some of the earlier stages and you're like just ripping. I had one game where I just end up sitting back and letting it play for like an hour <laughs> because it, I got so powerful, nothing could stop me. I barely had to interact with it. It does literally loop as well, doesn't it? Yeah, because it can it can be very passive. You can sit back and do nothing yeah. with it. Um, so you have minimal input, which is you know perfect for me. It's plenty of time for eating snacks. Um, you know, and I'm good snacks. at eating snacks. Snacks. But um, yeah, Loop Hero has just come out on Switch a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, like, highly recommend it. Um, if you want something completely unique and like clever, and it's got good accessibility settings, which proves that even indie games can have decent accessibility stuff. Like, you can switch off the CRT filter, you can make the text plain text, you can change the size of it, like, all sorts of stuff like that. That's something I mention a lot in my video I'm doing about the end of year things, is, like, accessibility options in games. Because um, Nintendo are absolutely terrible at it, and every other company, even little tiny indie games, can bother to sort out, in like, accessibility stuff. One of the things I don't understand is big companies saying they can't do it. Yeah, but it's Nintendo mainly now. It's, like, the main quota is that most companies have policies on accessibility mm. and all their games have it sony lead the way with it like microsoft are doing great especially with the adaptive controllers and they bake it into the core of the console even mm. like the xbox one xbox series consoles and xbox ones have tons of accessibility stuff but like loop here a little tiny indie game that made on a tiny budget came out of a game jam idea that they developed further and they created what we got um it's great it's probably the most interesting like like most refreshing and interesting like PC game I've played in years. Um, it hit me the same way as like Stay of the Spire for a while. If I still play Stay of the Spire from time to time, that game's still fucking bon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, give that a try. Next year, in a couple of weeks, actually, I think it's like mid January. Mm. Um, the Switch is getting Nova One One One. It's an absolutely fantastic indie game from years ago. It came out on the PS4 and PS3. Yeah. Um, that's. That's what everyone should give a play for. I think it deserves a second chance on the Switch because people ignored it years ago. What is it? Um, basically, it's a game where all the enemies and everything in the game move when you move. Okay. Kind of like Super Hop. So you have a grid-based thing. You're in a spaceship. You're going through caves and stuff. Yeah. So when you move, fireballs that are firing will move one step. Yeah. But there's certain enemies that don't move like that. So they move in real time. So then that forces you to have to make moves when they're moving around, break because it's all doing some quantum irregularity things, mm. or some things are breaking it. So you have to like you get forced into moving and making really quick, sudden movements, not giving you as much chance to plan out where you're going to move to avoid attacks okay. and things like that. Um, but it's a really, really clever game that like five people played. It was given away on PS Plus, and it was one of those PS Plus games where people are like, oh, well, shitty indie games. Oh, yeah. Where's our latest release that only came out a month ago? Like I've also seen people complaining. I've seen people complaining they haven't given away Ratchet and Clank on PS5. Yeah, yet. they're not going to. Like not yet, not for like a no. year at least. Come on, yeah. freaking. Um, but Loop Hero, give it, give it a go. I love the DOS graphics. I think that'd be really cool if they did like graphics packs for it. I want to have some like friggin', you know, the CMYK like blue and pink graphics no, used to get on the old. Yeah, I want the Ultima. Yeah, the original Ultima. A proper like retro PC graphics, and then let let people make graphics packs for it because there's loads of tiles in the game. They just got to replace the tiles. Let people design like 16 bit pixel art graphics and all that. And Commodore pack. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I mean, it's already got that sort of. It does. Yeah, it's, but it's very like much that more colors. Yeah, a lot more colors in it. But absolutely fantastic, genius game. Yeah, like, 
those guys should be commended for being really clever. Um, clever clogs. What a bunch of clever clogs, What eh? a clever bunch of boys! What a bunch of clever clogs. But yeah, like I say, I mean, I've mentioned unpacking, because it's really good. It's on Game Pass. It is, yeah. I've been meaning to pick it up, but I haven't had the chance yet. It's, really, it's a nice touching game. Yeah, I've loads of people reviewed it and said how interesting yeah. it is. And some also... of Jeff Van Dyke's best music work. I still think Jeff Jeff Van Dyke's done some amazing music over the year, and I think it's insulting that no one ever talks about him as a great music composer. Um, but his audio design work in Alien Isolation is hands down some of the best oh, audio work ever. Yeah, that's good. Um, and the music for friggin' Assault Android Cactus is incredible, especially because it changes as you play it and it reacts to your actions. I bought well. that again on the Switch. Yeah, so Switch version is really good. Yeah, it went down yeah. in price and I bought it. I have a physical copy. You do. <laughs> For yeah. the Switch? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was for the PC. No, I've got a physical copy PC as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So this is a tough one for me because the games I've played this year, I've done my best to pick up everything that I can and, and really give everything a solid go. Oh, and bother. Just play like five games in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, stuff like Honourable Mentions go to... I can check Halo- exactly how many games released this year <laughs> I've played this year. I made a list. I know you did. Um, there's stuff like Halo Infinite, which is fantastic. Uh, Forza Horizon 5. Shin Megami Tensei 5, which I've been waiting four years, I four, play that five still. years. I need to play that at some point. Um, that's fantastic. Oh, I love it. Metroid, but it is it is very much a Shin Megami Tensei game, so I can't say that it's for everyone. For me, it was great. But there is certain things missing that people that play Persona probably wanted in there, that they were expecting in there, but it's not really that. Um, Sexy preteen girls. Yeah. Metroid Dread was fantastic. Um, and like loads of indie games that I played just all over the beat. But the game that I played the most, and it's not going to be any surprise to anyone, is Resident Evil 8 Village. Um, Village. I played so much of that game. And it was a, it's kind of a toss up for me as to what I wanted to say was my game of the year because Yakuza Like a Dragon came out on Xbox this year. Well, look out for that lady Dimitrescu. Yeah. She's the tallest lady in the village. Um, <laughs> but I, like, I, I would have said Yakuza Like a Dragon, but the problem is that, like, I, I didn't complete that. I've still got a bit of that to go. But you hit a difficulty spike, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, That's but Resident Evil Village 8 held my attention for weeks. I replayed the story over and over again. I'm more interested in playing Resident Evil 8 than I was 7. 7 didn't appeal to me at all, but 8 looks more like Resident Evil yeah, to me. Seven's, seven's not really appealing. Um, the problem with 7 is that it was very slow. It starts real slow. You have to get past that intro bit every time. And if you want to replay it to like get like different bits and pieces, like you want to unlock unlimited ammo and stuff in certain guns, it just it, there's no real point to it because it's all like staggered so that you don't need those guns for certain fights and things like that. Whereas Resident Evil 8 is is quite a challenge. Like, if you put it on the harder difficulties, you get you get punished for it. Uh, but the actual game itself, the the whole idea and concept behind it is, is incredible. Like, I really like the fact that they've brought back a protagonist that no one was really interested in, and they've made him interesting. Like, Ethan in the last game was basically a blank canvas, and there wasn't anything to yeah, it was him. kind of his whole purpose, wasn't it? Yeah. And then when, when he comes about in this one, he's got a kid, he's got a life... You see that for some reason the military have taken an active interest in him. They've moved him to a European village, so he's away from everything that that was going on before. And he's in basically like a like a, a BOW um, assault sort of team. So they're training him to take on BOWs. Prisoner of war. No, uh, biological weapons. Wow. Uh, and 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 he's there and he's being trained, and they've taken an active interest in him. And you can see 
books and information in that house that tell you exactly what's been going on and what Ethan's been up to. And you see in the game that he's got these abilities that seem to be linked to everything he went through in seven. Nice. Um, so he sort of, he, he heals quicker than other people and losing limbs and things like that. He can reattach them and they sort of heal. And a lot of people were sort of surprised by that. And it's obviously because of his infection from seven, there's like effects of that have passed through and he's, he's now essentially just. Well, it happens in seven as well, doesn't it? You can, there's like certain enemy attacks that can sever your limbs and sever your leg or something and you can put it back on. No, so what happens I've in... I've seen s- that in 7. You get... There's a hint towards it in 7 because you lose a hand. Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen one up. where one of the guys chops your leg off in 7. It was like about a year or so ago I saw it and he puts, you, you puts it back on. Yeah, but he can he can do it in 7. Like So that's part of the mould, which is the newest Resident Evil spooky, scary skeleton monster thing. Uh, and uh, it turns out that the mold originated in this village that Ethan's travelled to and he's got to make his way through all these demonic creatures to try and, well not demonic but but um, all these monsters to try and save his daughter and, it, and you know what like as I said you go into this game if you didn't like Ethan in 7 you probably weren't too excited you weren't too jazzed for playing as him again but once you start getting in there and you start getting into the story of things and you see that you know like he is on a mission, he's got some skills. He's he's actually pretty decent in a fight now, and like he he is using the res- like the the stuff around him. He's he's resourceful now, and, and you you just get into it. And and the fact that once you've completed it, it's not a long game. Once you've completed it, you can get through the story in about an hour and a half if you just want to boss through it and do a speed. I like run. things that end in an hour and a half. Pardon? I like things that end. Yeah, in an hour I like things that. If you if you Malignant want to speed run this, you can Venom too. Yeah. And that wasn't your film of the year. Um, I mean, it, it probably close, could have been close. if it had a malignant in it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like I I played through the story three or four times just to get all the achievement bits for it, and I just fucking loved getting through it again and again. I'll probably give it a go when it turns up on Game Pass because all the Capcom stuff yeah, does, does eventually, tend doesn't to turn, it? Turn up there. But oh, uh, one thing I will say oh. is that I wish I maybe had got it on the Series S rather than the PS5. Uh, just because the PS5 is an arsehole getting it working. Because I got it early, it got posted, came a day early. But because on the PS5, the release date for the PS5 version wasn't until a day after and I bought the PS4 version because it was slightly cheaper, I had to wait until the next day to upgrade it to the PS5 version. And I know that that's like first world problems, it's not really a big thing. But once you've downloaded it and played it on the PS4, you'd expect the save to just be able to transfer over to PS5. But no, you've got to have both versions on your console. And then you've got to upload the save to the cloud and then download the save on your PS5 version to play the game. Why is PlayStation 5 being so awkward? I have no stuff? fucking idea. But And then you have to start Xbox it. Xbox is just like, yeah, whatever, man. You have to start it before you delete the game from the PS4 or else it doesn't recognise the save has been transferred. And it yeah, I guess you have to get a new it. version of the save file. Yeah. It's, it's just a bit fucking finicky. Why can't they just use Transfar in like freaking Metal Gear Solid <laughs> did years ago on the PSP? Do you remember that? No. They made a big fuss about being able to transfer your save between the Metal Gear Solid on the PSP, the Peace Walker game, and, yeah, and to something else, to another one, and they called it transferring. <laughs> but no, all in all, Resident Evil 8, it's the game, I, you know, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, because I was, I was lukewarm on 7, I did all the DLC and stuff, but the whole game was a bit weird. I mean, I, I mean to be honest, I keep thinking if I went into that castle and saw Lady Demetresque... I'd, I mean, I'd give up. Really? Yeah. You'd give up because I wouldn't horny. annoy her. I'd just I'd make friends of her. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'd give up because of the horny. Yeah. The witch sisters that you take on, pretty hot as well. 
Yeah. Pretty attractive. Not, I'm not nine goths. foot tall. I'm into goths. That's not probably. nine foot tall. Yeah, that's not really a turn on for me, dude. <laughs> that's, uh. She could pick you up and just. <laughs> that might be classed as a disability. Uh, <laughs> She's so strong as well. She's like first of all around. Strong. Yeah, strong. Um, that's, that's Eastern European strong. <laughs> strong. Mm. Um, but yeah, really fucking good. I really enjoyed it. I loved unlocking everything and playing the game itself. Like, it was just a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And I, I do recommend it to fans of Resident Evil. Um, I mean, after playing two and three over the last few years, I really enjoyed those remakes. But I can see how first part, first person, I, I think this is the last one we're going to get this first person. Next one they remake like that should be Resident Evil Gaiden. Oh, on the cruise hilarious. ship. Yeah. Oh, I'm the only person who remembers that game. They kind of already did remake. remake do the remake of the Resident Evil DS. Gun Survivor? D- yeah. No, DS. For the DS. Oh, what? Just the... Yeah, have you <laughs> swiping at the screen. Do yeah. it on Switch. Like, do a full remake. It's just Resident Evil 1, but now in 3D. Deadly Silence. But every time they come towards you, you've got to swipe at the screen. Deadly Silence. Great. Um, Deadly Silence mixed in with Gaiden. Sounds fantastic. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this, and I'd recommend anyone who's a Resident Evil fan to try this. It, again, I think it's going to be the last first person... Resident Evil we get, I reckon the next one's going to be third person again. Um, the reason is that the the sort of the... Or VR, we might get like a VR, a fully VR one. But with regards to horror games, sort of we're moving away again. From, the next one will be an open world survival game where you have to live in the woods and craft logs Would not mind shit. that. Would not mind that. And every now and again a zombie wanders over. Would not mind that with a Resident creepers. Evil game. Really wouldn't mind that with a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Because, like, if you had a setting like this where it was more open and you had, like, a village and then you had another village and maybe you had, like, a few places dotted in between and you basically the whole game was you start in one village and someone says, we're under attack, you know, everything's fucked, we've got to get to this other village and the whole game is just you trying to get survivors from one village to another and, like, you evacuate places and maybe you unlock a car I'd, at some you point. you got to keep them together. The easiest way to keep them together is start a conga line. <laughs> And just do the conga through the woods. But like I can see I can see the next one being uh third person. It's gonna be interesting to see where they go with it. Um but yeah, really, really good. Really interesting. Really You're gonna bring Leon back. He is he back in this one? No. With all his characteristics that he's so famous for. What if they bring Leon back and they make him Latino? Talking about like Leon, he's in the film. Loads of people really hate the fact that he's like um a fuck up in the film. But in the original one, he's a rookie. Like, it's just yeah, he's down the force. A- he's just at the police academy. In this, he, he it turns out he shot someone in the arse in the police academy. Yeah. And the only reason that he's... But Steve Gutenberg would. Yeah. The only reason he's in the Raccoon City Police Department is because it's like a dying force, but it's somewhere his dad can tuck him away so he doesn't cause any nuisance and, like, no one hears about what his son's up to. Um, which is a really interesting take on Leon, because, I mean, like, in the first game, he wasn't exactly the fucking... He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's an absolute dumbass yeah. in that first game. Like, <laughs> Claire is the one with all the ideas in the first he game. He gets, like, like freaking betrayed by Ava. Oh, like, Ada. Ada, yeah. How many yeah. times? Like, a lot. She messes with him multiple he times. He still tries to save her as well. He's yeah. Like, Ada, I've got you. No. no. She fell. Uh, but yeah, really, really, really fun. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can't. I can't recommend it enough, but if you've already played this, or if you're waiting for it to go down in price, then yeah, I can totally see why you're doing that, because the other one went down to 20 quid in a year, so... I think it's on sale right now. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. I think it's in the summer sales and all that. So yeah, give it a go. Um, I do not regret buying it at full price. Well, I didn't. I bought it for PS5, uh, PS4 for like 35 quid, but I do not regret paying for it. I got a lot of, lot of time out of this one and really enjoyed it. And the graphics on the PS5 oh. are pretty fucking stunning. I didn't know. Some probably ray tracing, I guess, and stuff. 
It's not just that the 60 FPS is, is really oh, yeah, decent yeah. in this. And also, like, they've done a lot with, like, the facial animations and stuff. So a lot of the communication shit that happens. Mm. Like that uh, merchant you see. Like, you see, like, how gross his skin is and how it's stretched. And there's, like, varicose veins and sections of his body and stuff. Uh, but yeah, all in all, really fun. We just good, have really a nice, fun. plucky, upbeat young merchant. <gasps> what are you buying? Oh, what are you buying? He's bro? mentioned. He's is mentioned he? in this. Yeah, the oh. merchant in this says, "I used to know a guy who said, what are you buying?'" Because uh. he goes, he goes, "What, what are you buying? buying?" And then he goes, he goes, "Ha! Ah, I knew a guy who used to say that." Can I help you? Yeah. But um, but that is my game of the year, Resident Evil Eight. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. Yeah, you managed to not waste five hours on a friggin'. How long did it take? An hour and 15 minutes. Well, let's talk about the weather for an hour. Fuck off. Um, is there anything you're looking forward to in the next year, Ant? Um, I mean, diabetes? I'm looking forward to whatever the next Marvel movie is. Oh, really? You're looking forward to Morbius. a new Marvel? Morbius. It doesn't count. Does not. It doesn't count. Doctor Strange? That's Ant, May. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Fucking, I don't care. They just turn up and then I watch them. I didn't even bother going to see the Eternals. No, it wasn't very good, so you don't really miss anything. It's on Disney Plus in two weeks. So oh yeah, so it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch it on there. I'm looking at stuff. There's not really, not really a massive. When's Indiana Jones Five out? That's next year, isn't it? Uncharted's out in a few. Oh fucking... god, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, and everyone be like, "It should have got Nathan Fillon to be it's Nathan Drake." And everyone go. He's forty fucking eight. Okay, so Morbius is coming out twenty twenty eighth of Jan. Oh, so it's fuck you. It's January. I thought it's fuck you. It's year now. That's true. Uh, Moonfall is out next year. That's looking great. Jackass Forever is coming out. Uh, oh, Jackass Forever will be fun. Yeah, Death on the Nile, Marry Me, and Blacklight. Oh yeah, Death on the Nile. That looks like a French and Saunders <laughs> skit. Uncharted is out in February eighteenth. Um, the outfit, Devil's Light. There's loads of stuff going. On. Oh, the Batman's out in March. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's I loads want to see the Batman. Uh, Lost City's coming out in March. Sonic Two's out in April. That's what it's all about. For, that's what uh, about. That's real um, big Fantastic thing. Beasts is out in April. Don't give a shit. <laughs> no, not why. The Northman. I mean, oh, the Northman looks fucking rad. Does it look good? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's new Robert Eggers film. Oh, here you go. Jurassic yeah, yeah. World Dominion's out in June. Yeah, whatever. It's fucking controversial. Like years out in June. There's a film called Oh Hell No. Oh, that's on that. The new, um, what's it? The new freaking what's his face from Kim Peel. Is that out? His film's called Nope. That's oh, that, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. out next year. That's coming out yeah. July 22nd. Yeah. Uh, you've also got Four Love and Thunder out July 8th. Yeah, why isn't it called Four? I don't know. Why isn't it just called Four? Fucking. Um, there's New Salem's Lot out next year on September 9th. What? Right in time for my Didn't birthday. Did they just do that? No, they did Midnight Mass. No, what was the other, no, what did they do? They did no, a remake of... a lot, like a few years ago. What did they do remade? Are you talking oh, about? Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. That's what they remade, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, Halloween Ends is out in October. Yeah. The Flash is out in November. Yeah. Black Panther, Wanda Forever, Wakanda Forever is out in November. Nah, it's going to get delayed. That's going to get delayed for sure. Creed Freeze out in November. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman's out in December. Uh, you're getting speculation now. Avatar 2's out in December. No, definitely not coming out in <laughs> Jeepers Creepers Reborn is out next year. Orphans out next year, the sequel. Orphans. Orphans. We all orphans now. Yeah, there's loads of shit coming out. It's looking good. It's going to be a good year. I mean, this year was good. Despite everything, this year was pretty good. We got a lot of shit coming out and it was a lot of fun. 
We got Black Widow finally this year. We didn't speak about that, did we? Wonder why. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, and it's the end of the year. Episode 175 down. 179 to go. Rick and Morty forever. Uh, I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> the best Rick and Morty impression ever. I think you'll find I am uh, Pickle Rick. You and me, Morty. You and me for, for 100 years, Morty. There we go. Ant took it too far, and now the nerds will complain. You gotta get to the fucking spaceship, Morty. Anyway. There's just ain't no fucking time. You burping on purpose. Or is it just I can, I can mix the burps in my... Is that my gas? Am I just going to sleep? It has been a wild year. I mean, what, what else am I going to say? Uh, happy, happy New Year, everyone. Mm-hmm. Have a good time. Love each other. Remember Boris Johnson's a cunt. Should have been Christmas number one. He fucks kids. Should have been Christmas number one. Yeah, that's going to be my single single next year. I can't believe fucking Lad Baby. Again. What is fucking wrong with this country? Lad Baby's a cunt, mate. Yeah. He's a dumb cunt. Like, I get it. Like, everybody's like, oh, give money to the food banks. Like, um, yeah, give money to the food banks, but... <laughs> Give money to the food banks. Don't give it to that cunt and then get him to give it to food banks. And then he acts like, oh, just mean to make fun of Boris Johnson, little toy boy. Oh, he's Boris a little, Johnson's he is, the reason you're having to get money for the food banks. You he, is, he is a little fucking Tory cocksucker as well. Yeah. Of course he's a fucking Tory. He's got a bunch of kids and he thinks he's rich. Yeah. Cunt. He is rich. Well, he's rich now. Yeah. Like... Gets like, fucking sponsorship deals and stuff. Is he our like, only, like, big YouTube... Like, because, you know, America's got tons of that shit. Like, they've got hype houses. They've got Ashens. They've got hype houses and shit like that in America. Yeah. Like, it's a really unhealthy celebrity culture. Yeah. Is he the closest thing we've got to that? Oh, I guess KSI. Uh, and that lot. And Jack Septicai, is he English? No, he's Irish, isn't he? Yeah. Is he living in America now, though? Yeah. And we got rid of him. Is PewDiePie still living in the UK? Yeah, he lives in Brighton, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. Oh. Go visit him. We're the fucking worst. Our whole country's the worst. Well, we're better than America, but, you know. We've got Ashens. Yeah, we do. Ashens has made two movies, and they're, they're all right. Did the, you watch uh, the new one? No, but no. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm a bit sure it's all right. It's, he's no Nostalgia clip Critic, is he? How many has he released? Five? Nostalgia Critic, To Boldly Flee, is a classic cinematic masterpiece. It's one of the worst. Why the hell was Corey Taylor in his review of the book? I have no idea. What the fuck was the hell? What, what? Like, was it just him being like, hey, look, check out what I, I can do? I, I happen know. to know Corey Taylor's son. Can you get Corey Taylor? Does he Taylor? know Corey Taylor's apparently, son? Apparently, you know, Ta- he knows Corey Taylor's son. Apparently. I feel sorry for Corey Taylor's son. Yeah, I don't. Do you think he was molested by that guy that they had on their team that they keep trying to forget about, but it's actually... Wario. Yeah. Yeah, he's a also, wasn't his brother a fucking molester? The best thing to come out of that review of The Wall was Dan Olsen's yeah. video about The Wall, which is fucking hilarious. Folding Ideas is one of the best YouTube channels. If you're looking for a good yeah. laugh, he did an incredible video on... Uh, it's Hat Ed- Dan, the Dan with a hat. <laughs> he did an incredible video on on, uh, on the Suicide Squad that I reckon everyone should watch. It's freaking latest stuff. He did a video about Raph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. He did, yeah, he did. It was fantastic. His one about Flat Earthers. Oh, that was amazing. He's working on one on Bitcoin, but it's going out of control because it never ends. Yeah. um, It's just fucking incredible. Just really good. I've been watching this stuff for years. I went back to the days when he had a puppet. This is going back like... He had a puppet? Yeah, he used to use a puppet. That's where the folding ideas came from. It was a folded cardboard-like puppet. 
Yeah. Um, the character turns up every now and again, but that was the whole thing. Each series it gradually progressed from being a little puppet to being a bit more pres- presentation-wise, getting more complex until eventually Dan became the focus of him because he used to appear in the background. Do you remember Franklin in uh, Arrested Development where he it was uh, Job's puppet and he put him through the wash and he turned white because oh, no. he was originally black and he was like a racist stereotype. Oh, and every time he came up, like it would be one of two reactions. It's not the puppet from the um, Victorious. No, <laughs> no, he had a puppet called Franklin, oh. and it comes up in one episode. He goes, oh, "I recorded my album with Franklin." He brings him up, and as they leave the studio, he goes, "He goes, how'd that sound, bud?" And he's like, it "Sounded pretty good." And he brings Franklin up and says something really racist, and the black studio producer's just like, "Franklin, my man!" <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, have you seen the Kim Peel sketch for the puppet? No. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. Anyway, yeah, it's the end of the year. Fuck it, we're done. We're fucking done. done. Can I click flop now? Yeah, I'm gonna flip the desk. Flip the disc. Flip the disc. Flip the disc. Bye. Bye. Everyone. Bye. 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 Have a good one. Oh, you can find uh, Mellow Game in uh, Wild Wars Hat on Twitter. Um, LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. And Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Um, you can find me, Crit Apocalypse, everywhere. We're done. We're fucking done. Bye. Sell it. Bye. Fuck it, we'll do it live! <laughs>